Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Dorika Vons sharing how navigating her birth in 2016 brought to light the benefits of a midwife, doula, and learning to advocate for yourself. Supporting families in her community of Montgomery, Alabama, Dorika expresses that she is working on getting moms prepared to slay motherhood. Hello, Dorika. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yes. Hello. Dorika, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yes. So um, as Laurel stated, I am from Montgomery, Alabama, born and raised. Um, I moved away for um, undergrad. So I I attended the University of Alabama um, for my undergrad degree. And I also um, recently just completed my Master of Public Health um, degree also. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I am a mother to an amazing four-year-old, and I also have a bonus son whom I love also. He's nine. Um, I'm a soon-to-be wife, so I get married next year in January. Um, I am a birth and postpartum doula, and um, I've been doing this since um, last year. I completed my birth doula training in November of last year, and um once I got done with it, I decided not to just um, run like head forward with everything because I was finishing up school. So, um, but I I was still providing like education to moms. I had um, people reaching out to me and I would give that information, but um, that's, that's pretty much um, about me. Lots of things to celebrate. Yay. So excited, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy. Yeah, so my pregnancy, um, it was a bit up and down. So funny story, um, I found out I was pregnant with Dawson the first day I um, started nursing school. So I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm about to be a mom. And then I have to travel from Montgomery to Troy every day. Um, So I ended up taking a um, medical withdrawal because I allowed my first trimester to, um, I don't want to say I allowed it to get the best of me, but I was sick a lot. And um, like doing the driving and I became like really emotional. So um. So that was at the beginning of my pregnancy. And I remember like asking my doctor if I could um, get a letter for a medical withdrawal like three times. And by that third time, he finally had given it to me. And that that really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie, because I feel like as a woman, if I'm telling you I can't handle it as my provider, you should definitely just grant my wishes. You don't know my body, you know. So, um that that happened at the beginning of my pregnancy and um it was it was stressful because at the time I had just moved back home from college and um I was staying with my mom and my one of my um brothers he fell sick so it was a lot of stress on her a lot of stress on us um him just trying to figure out what was going on so I didn't get the chance to really embrace it at the beginning. I, I was very just worried. I wasn't eating um, or anything. But um, 
I I started to get a little bit excited after I found out the gender uh, of my my baby. And, um, you know, even though it was stressful, I still ended up having fun in a time of enlightenment. Like I realized that I'm being called to mother one of one of God's creation. And that's a blessing, you know. Um, So that really just helped me to get into the whole idea of embracing motherhood. Um, I can say that I knew nothing. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't prepare. Um, Because being in Montgomery, there aren't a lot of resources here for um, Black women. I've seen where there are um, different childbirth education classes, but they're it's not women that who look like me that are there. So it, it kind of was going to make me feel uncomfortable. So I definitely didn't get the chance to prepare for birth. Um, breastfeeding, I knew that once I, I found out I was pregnant, I instantly said, I'm going to breastfeed my son. Did that make me look up breastfeeding education? No, I asked my doctor about um, resources and he told me that he didn't know of any resources. And um he said he may have a flyer at the front desk, but I never even received a flyer. I received a bag with milk, you know, um, formula and stuff. And it, it was, y'all, I went through my pregnancy blind. I went through it blind. And it wasn't until um, after I gave birth to Dawson that I decided to get educated. So um, I can recall when I I went to the doctor on August 18th of 2016 and I was telling my doctor I don't think I'm going to make it to my due, to my due date. I told him um you know my feet are my feet are swelling. I'm not being able to make it around the hospital as much as I was and I asked him can he go ahead and release me um for FMLA so I can go on maternity leave. And he did a a service check and he told me that I hadn't dilated and four days later, I gave birth to my son. So, um, you know, just learning like a lot that I've been learning since I've become a doula and like taking um, different childbirth education classes and stuff. I'm almost sure that he did a membrane sweep and um, that probably sent me into labor, but I, I'm not really sure. But um, that that's pretty much about my pregnancy. I, I wasn't prepared at all. I didn't have any resources or anything. And I just didn't, don't want other mothers that are in the same community that I am in, in the same city, to go through that. And when you say that you weren't prepared um, in the sense of not taking classes or, you know, really being paired with the correct resources after your provider was kind of clueless or... You know, there's something else I could say there, but I'm not. Um, were there any family or friends that you spoke to about pregnancy um, or what to expect from there? So um, when I found out I was pregnant, I do have a friend. She's a, a student midwife. And um, at the time, she was just um, she had finished up her doula training and she mentioned doula to me. But I was so focused on what am I going to do about nursing school? It flew over my head. So um, I didn't I didn't even try to research or find out what it was that she was talking about. To be honest, I can't even remember how that conversation had gone. 
Um, as far as family, I didn't have anyone um, that could give me the the education that I needed. You know, I had um, an aunt that told me about Lamar's classes because she and her daughter had did it. But um, that was it. And, and one thing that I'm finding, especially in my community, is that my, like they don't know. They don't know how or who to really send you to because, to be honest with you, a lot of them get or receive their childbirth education from a healthcare provider, and those are the main ones who are, you know, um, killing the black women now. So they're not preparing us. So I, I didn't have anyone to really just um, talk to me about what to expect or anything. It was, to be honest, y'all, the most that. I spent my pregnancy doing was planning like a baby shower, mm-hmm. planning a baby shower. And like, I feel like 2016 really isn't that far back. Like it feel like, you know, a lot has happened, <laughs> but <laughs> like when you think about the time frame of then the knowledge then, and then where you are now um, and how you even describe, like there's still not that many like places to go just the import, like the role that care providers should be thinking of outside of, hey, I'm just your doctor. Right. Like even if there's five resources, I should be connected or at least know who to send you to from those five resources. I right. should have um, the ability, you know, to pair you with information. The amount of information on the internet uh, <laughs> just to even like pick out, like here are five sites that I trust that I can send you to, um, because you're like, your role is much more than that. Like I'm not, yes, I'm coming to see you and maybe my, my appointment might be 15 minutes, but you know, like you said, I'm, I know I want to breastfeed, but you can't tell me where to go to get any information on that. Um, so Yeah. Yes. And it's crazy because um, I'm in public health, as I stated earlier, and with the organization that I'm um, currently employed with, they are reaching out to these providers, trying to like make connections and, you know, um, bring breastfeeding education or pamphlets and, you know, different resources so that they can reach um, the African-American population because a lot of those women here are going over to Caucasian doctors, you know, um, and honestly, that's that's majority of what we have in Montgomery. So you would think that they would hop on it. Okay, well, they're trying to give us the resources. Let me get these resources and hand this out to these moms because everybody's not going to want a formula feed. You know, I may have a, a lot of women that may want to breastfeed. Some people may want childbirth education. Some people may need breastfeeding support. You know, but they're they're not hopping on it, y'all. They're not taking advantage um, of the opportunities, and it's it's sad. Just to any care providers in the Montgomery, Alabama area, if you're listening, what we're saying really is it would make your job easier. Definitely. And benefit the community that you're supporting. Definitely. I agree. Public really, service announcement. Like, that is the truth, though, because if you have a mom who is, you know, she's getting this education outside of coming into your doctor's um, office, she and she's learning how to advocate for herself, 
you there's there shouldn't be a reason why anything should have to go left if that makes sense you know but i i, I don't know what the problem is i don't know if they don't want the help or it it, it would definitely make the job easier we could do a whole uh podcast just specifically <laughs> on that but we is today is your day so <laughs> tell us about your birth <laughs> so um like i said when after i had my last um doctor's appointment i ended up going into labor four days after um i like i said i didn't know anything uh, or about what to expect so when i was having mild contractions I thought it was gas. They weren't hitting me hard or anything. So um, I did. I told my mom, I said, you know, I got gas really bad. And she said, are you sure it's not contractions? So I told her, I don't think so. Because I'm thinking when contractions start, they just like hit hard immediately. I, I did not know. So um, she started, we started timing them. And, um, you know, she was like, I think they're contractions. So a couple hours after uh, we noticed that I lost my mucus plug and then probably like two hours after that, I started to bleed and um, the contractions, they started to come a little bit, um, I guess, like, I'm not going to say they were, was really hard, but they were a little bit more intense. Um, so I remember getting in the shower that night and I called my fiance I told him, um, you know, I'm about to go to the hospital. I called my doctor and I told them that I was on the way. Um, I ended up having him. I went into the hospital. I want to say it was like 10 p.m. that night. And I had him at 7 the next morning. Um, my goals, my goal was to not get an epidural. I wanted a, an unmedicated birth. Um, but... It didn't happen that way. And I I think for me, mostly it was because I didn't have that support team. You know, I didn't have a doula. I didn't have, um, like my mom, she had been working since 3 a.m. in the morning. So she was asleep when my water broke and my fiance had headphones in his ear. And I'm like, hey, can you get the nurse? So um, I ended up getting, getting the epidural because I didn't have anyone to kind of help guide me through my breathing and you know, just to help me stay on track. Now, granted, um, before my water broke, I had, I was on the phone with my dad and, um, you know, he was just like speaking life into me. And he said, you know, you want to have the, um, the unmedicated birth. He said, you don't want an epidural, right? And I said, yeah, he was like, well, you do that. Like you don't get that epidural, you know what you want. So, and I, and I remember him saying that. And after I became a dude, I was like, y'all, my dad was like a doula to me. Like if COVID was, was um, around then it would have been virtual, you know? So, um, he, he did, he did speak into me. And once my mom, um, she got up and she, she was scared for me, y'all, um, as far as having an, uh, unmedicated birth because she had, um, a natural birth with all three of her kids, but she said that, she was in a lot of pain, but I, I just wanted to do it. And I hate that I didn't get the chance to, but um, I have a goal of having four more kids. So I'm sure I'll get to do it eventually. <laughs> but um, that's that's pretty much about my birth story. Um, I didn't get a chance to do skin to skin. Um, I knew nothing about it. They did. Um, they 
put him on my my stomach, but he was on this um this cloth, and they tried to see if he would latch, and he did latch, but they took him right away, and I'm like, I know he don't he didn't get anything, but they took him, they bathed him, they went and did their tests and stuff, and then. Um, I ended up seeing him once I was transferred to the uh, postpartum floor, but that that's pretty much with my what happened with my birth. I think that if I was a little bit more, uh, if I had done like birth planning sessions, if I had planned out how I wanted things to go, and if I had had that childbirth education, um, it probably I would have had that birth that I wanted. But because I didn't have those um, resources, I didn't get the opportunity to experience it with Dawson. Do you think it's the birth that you wanted or the birth that you want now? Um, I don't think that is. When I look back over it, to be honest, I'm I'm so happy that he came and he was healthy. And, you know, I was able to push him out and and did not tear or anything, but I still wish that I had the opportunity to to experience, you know, him um, being brought into this world without being medicated. You know, um, I, I, for, for one reason, believe that women are powerful and, um, you know, I know that everyone won't get to get the opportunity to opportunity to experience it, but that's just something that I wanted to experience because my mom had experienced it with her three kids. You know, my grandmother had experienced it. So I just I wanted the opportunity to experience it, but I'm not holding on to it, you know, because like I said, I want <laughs> we're gonna have more kids. But um it was definitely a learning experience, definitely. And I, I know so much more now. Um, I can better prepare myself for this next baby. She said, "I'm manifesting this uh, yeah. this family." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love big families. Y'all. I love big families. Yes, um, I'm thinking about you know you talking about your dad speaking mm-hmm. life into you, and it's funny because people are are always like, "Well, I don't know if I could ever." Um, be a doula. And sometimes we're like, yes, there are a lot of things that go into being a doula, like really preparing for that. But many of us are already have the tools and the capability of supporting people. And, you know, we always tell our, our families, like our role as a doula isn't to replace your support people. Right. It's one to help you feel like you're getting the birth that that, that you want, but also preparing them to support you for that birth. That is because it. we all have to kind of work as a team and they know you way better than we do. So there will be moments during that birth where we're stepping back, but hopefully we've done the work where your family members or your support people, spouses, partners, whoever are in a place where they can support you fully in your birth vision. So yeah. everybody has the tools. Sometimes we just got to work on how to utilize your gifts in that space. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I think sometimes people attend a birth and their first thing is like, well, I don't know what to do, right? Are they, um, well, I'm not a doula. Like you said, it's like, I just needed somebody to hold my hand, right? Mm-hmm. Or remind me to breathe. I needed, you know, someone to focus on, right? Someone else to look at. I needed 
so many different things. And I think that for people listening, if you plan to be, you know, in attendance or someone else's birth, or if you're having someone that you know has never attended a birth before or um, someone else's birth, right? That they need to be secure in that. Like you're invited for a reason. It's not, you're not just here because you're the dad. You're here because you're someone I trust, right? Yes. Um, and I think COVID has made people have to select exactly who <laughs> is coming yes. into the birth. <laughs> it won't be a crew like it used to be. So, um, where you can just say, like, one of these aunties had me, right? Um, it has to be one or two people in most mm-hmm. hospitals now. And you have to be really clear about what you need from somebody. And sometimes if it's your first, you, you're like, well, I'm not really sure what I need, but I do know that I need somebody to speak to me, right? Somebody that knows my language, my love language. If you do nothing else, if you come in knowing how I need to be loved, mm-hmm. right? Then you can also know how to support me. Right, right. I totally agree with that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> We dropping gems today, y'all. <laughs> I should have had my notebook. <laughs> well, listen, the rollback, the release. We got you. <laughs> so after baby is born in the immediate postpartum, things didn't go exactly how, you know, you would have wanted them to. But how were things once you guys actually got home? So um, once I got home, it was things were good. Um, I did have an issue with him latching, but uh, fortunately for me, the lactation nurse that had cared for us, she was um, my 10th grade health teacher. So I was able to reach out to her and um, she told me it was okay to come back to the hospital. And she she gave me education, like she really educated me. Um, my baby had a tongue tie. She uh, gave me referrals of where I could go. Um, She gave me pamphlets on that. She still taught me how to get him to latch on properly. Um, She had given me um, the the manual breast pump, and she told me where I could go and get my my electronic, uh, the electric breast pump also. Um, So I I did have her to go back to. I did experience some baby blues, so I didn't want to be left alone uh, with my baby at the time. So I experienced it when I was in the hospital also. But when I got home, I really started to experience it. And uh, my mom had to go back to work. So um, I remember just telling her, like, I didn't want her to go (laughs) back to work yet. And um, I so I would get up and go over to my grandmother's house with um Dawson, and eventually I felt comfortable being at home with him. Um, his dad, he, I mean, wonderful father, but he was clueless. <laughs> he was clueless when um when we got home, and I was telling him, I said, I, I think um you know dealing with postpartum depression. And um, I said, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm emotional. I don't want to deal with Dawson. And it kind of flew over his head. Um, and I don't think it was intentionally. I just believe that it was because he didn't know. Like, he wasn't um, educated on that. So I remember his mom coming to visit us for the first time. Um, so I, it probably was like the second week after we got home. And... um. I just started crying and she asked me, she was 
um, talking to me, asking me what was going on. And I, I told her the same thing that I had told him. And the next thing you know, he was like, hey, I'm going to come and stay with you all for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, did your mama talk to you? <laughs> so um, I did get get that support um, that I needed. It was just when I had to go back to work, I, I cried. It's like I would just see a picture of my baby and I would cry. Or if I'm out in the store and I didn't have him with me, I would hear a baby crying. And I'm looking around like, where's my baby? You know, um, so I, I I was depressed for a while. I would go into the into the bathroom and cry when I was at work. Um, and one thing that I can say helped me was that he was breastfed and my mom didn't know, really know how to handle him. So she would call me and the hospital that I work at, worked at at the time was like five minutes away. So I would take a lunch break and I would be able to go home and nurse him and, you know, like soothe him and he would fall asleep. And I felt so much better, you know, um, being able to do that and then and then go back to work to know that he was fine. And now I'm fine. So that helped me a lot. That breastfeeding relationship is so um, filled with all the emotional and physical things that we need. And just looking at your baby, letting your own oxytocin rise while you're doing that in that really, I think people miss that part. They don't always connect that piece to it, um, especially for those that aren't able to breastfeed, right? And that, that that depression can get even deeper and go longer um, mm-hmm. when they're not having that. So I'm glad you were able to speak up and say what was actually going on with you because sometimes mm-hmm. that can be scary to say out loud. People will start to, you know, you don't want to feel judged if you say right. things like, you know, this is hard for me and... I don't really want to take care of this baby right now because right. my mind and body aren't connecting at the same time in a way that seems appropriate. Right. Right. Um, I agree. Being able to say that out loud to her, um, to your partner and to his mom, you know, that she, she knew, right. She knows, you know, she's probably experienced it on some level herself or someone else and being able to come in and provide that grandmother, great grandmother support that you were able to get on both sides. Um, it's, Community is so important, and I think we've lost a lot of that in this space and time and really kind of narrowing down who's been around us, right, lately. Now, this was, you know, four years ago, but just thinking about that, like as people are planning in that postpartum space of thinking about who are the key players, who are the people you can actually rely on. Um, People, we always talk about, you know, who are we inviting to the party of the actual labor, but who's at the after party, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who do we know is going to show up and be there um, in a way that we may not always be comfortable with, right? Because you're very vulnerable after labor. Um, You're so open, very physically and mentally Mm -hmm. open. Um, I agree. And I mean, and that, that it is important to know who's going to come to the after party because we, we're going to need you after we give deliver this baby also. You know, um, just becoming a postpartum doula and and listening to other birth workers, um, it's important to do like postpartum planning. It's important for their mom to have a meal. You know, um, everybody always comes to see baby, but sometimes they don't check on the mom, you know, Um, and that leaves her at home maybe having to... um, you know, of course, like deal with depression or or feeling down or whatever, but then it can affect like 
the dad or if she has other kids, they may start to experience or feel those um, emotions as well. So it is definitely important to have a, a good support team like during and after birth. And I'm glad you bring up the other um, family members or support systems in that 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 space as well. Um, like, you know, even imagining the conversation that your fiance's mom had with him, like being able to decipher, okay, you know, possibly what are you going through right now? How do you think that's making her feel? How can you support her so that, you know, you're all working in rhythm together? Um, because it is a huge transition for everybody um, in your family. So right, it is. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share from your birth, whether it's advice, resources, um, the work that you're doing to support families? Um, I would definitely say um, just to know that as a Black woman, um, we have the highest uh, maternal mortality rates. Um, and especially in, like, I know all over the United States, but just looking at my community, um, Alabama, I, I want to say we, we're like the sixth state now. Um, I, I think that to just, to just be aware of that makes me want to just tell every mom I see, hey, get you some childbirth education, you know, reach out to a doula, um, you know, uh, if you don't know know of any, like ask your healthcare provider. If you don't know of any, call these community organizations. I try my best to like connect with as many people as I can. So I'm constantly like adding people on social media, or you know, if you know any, or of any pregnant people, like tag them or send them my way because it's not about um, getting the business. I want to get you right. You know, I want you to have the birth that you want because. The birth that I wanted, I didn't have it, you know. Um, I think it's very important for um, mothers, fathers, for them to know how to uh, form a support team and to know that it's not, it doesn't necessarily have to just be like your doula or your midwife or, you know, the health care provider side. Like, make sure that you're getting people that are close to you, like you said, that know you. Um, that could be that can 100% be there to support you. Um, I, I think, like I said, for me, my biggest thing is I just want mothers to be able to have what they want when it comes to their pregnancy. Like, this is our body, we should be able to do whatever we want to do. We shouldn't be forced into C-sessions or forced into having inductions um, or induced labors. Um, we shouldn't be told at the hospital that black women don't breastfeed long enough or here you should try this formula um, and supplement because your baby isn't latching. Um, it's just, it's so much out there, y'all. And I, I hear um, women all the time talk about scheduling, um, getting their labor induced, but they have no medical reasoning and it's like all of this stuff has become a norm. And I just want um, women to know that you have every right to um, have the birth that you want, you know, and even if you want, even if you want to have an epidural, it's OK. It's OK if you want to have an epidural. Like um, 
and 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 also I would like to say um just knowing because I had someone that I was talking to and she said um doulas only care for people who want unmedicated births and I think that a lot of people they they're going off of what they hear um instead of reaching out to someone who's actually in that profession there's no way I should be caring for you until you girl you don't need no epidural or like no you're not having an epidural I don't have the right to tell you that I'm here to support you to keep you mentally sane physically you know so um yeah I I, like I said I just I just think that my biggest thing is to just reach these communities and to just pour into them and to provide that education. Um, I know in the Montgomery area, um, if they go onto the Wellness Coalition website, um, is the wellnesscoalition.org, they can um, get resources for breastfeeding. They also have a breastfeeding support group. Um, also, just um, going on to my Facebook, Dorica Vons, or my um, Instagram, I am Dorica, and reaching out. I don't mind like doing birth planning sessions, postpartum sessions. I don't mind being your doula. Like I would just say, um, because I know some people get discouraged when they hear about like prices and stuff. Talk, talk. Reach out to to the people that you want on your birthing team and talk to them and have that conversation to see if there's payment plans or, you know, when you're planning your baby shower, like I said, for me, my biggest thing for my pregnancy, I was planning a baby shower. Instead of having so much, so many things that you may not use, like ask for funding towards a doula because that can be very beneficial and helpful, you know, um, during that time and in the long run. All of it. <laughs> Don't forget bartering too. Right. You never know. <laughs> you be a midwife or your doula. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much yes. for your time today, for thank sharing with us. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so appreciative. I am. Mm-hmm. How far is um, Gainesville from Montgomery? Now, um, to be honest with you, I don't know, but I know that Dr. Stephanie Mitchell, she has her, her, um, birthing, what is the birth sanctuary? Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So I know that she has the birth sanctuary and she's actually, um, one of the guest speakers for a breastfeeding, um, summit coming up August 31st that we're doing. So I'm, I follow her, y'all, and I'd be so excited to listen. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. I want. I don't want to lie. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll I'm not check sure. it out. I'll look at it. Have you listened to Doctor Midwife's birth story? I haven't. Her I haven't. birth story's on here. We've got her. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Now I have been. Um, I want to say when I when Jasmine um tagged you all. Um, on my birth story, I that's when I um, went on to Google Podcasts and I mm-hmm. started listening to y'all to the oh, podcast. And I'm like, oh my god, this is good. <laughs> so um, Thank you. I didn't know that she was on this. So I would definitely go and listen. And I, I can't even say y'all like I'm even considering um, 
going back to school to become a nurse midwife. Um, it's going to take some prayer yeah. and, and some confirmation from God, you know, <laughs> because school. I, <laughs> right. He's like, I just pray. <laughs> yeah. It, it is amazing to be able to meet such powerful black women, you know, um, and women who are um, as passionate about birth as, you know, I am. I appreciate what you all do. Your podcast are, is amazing. You. you know, and I would definitely be sending my doula clients to listen, listen. Listen to these birth stories. <laughs> it may not be that one that you have gone through, but you can learn so much from other people's birth, especially when you, you're getting, you know, feedback from those who actually work um, in, in the birth mm-hmm. world. They are birth workers. So, yes, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. We are sending all the good vibes for all the things coming your way. Thank Children, you. husband, uh, yes. <laughs> maybe school again, whatever, all of it. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 